This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 16, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. El Paso, Texas is on the front lines in the war on drugs, but state and federal authorities have stymied plans to openly discuss how the drug war contributes to violence. Democrat Beto O'Rourke was on the El Paso City Council when that confrontation erupted. He argues that legalizing marijuana is the first step toward a rational drug policy in the United States. We spoke Tuesday at the Cato Institute's conference ending the war on drugs. El Paso occupies a fairly unique position when it comes to uh, the war on drugs physically and uh, and, a de- and because of that, uh, several other factors. Detail the El Paso's unique position. Well, we uh, face Ciudad Juarez and, in fact, are joined to Ciudad Juarez by six international bridges. Uh, Ciudad Juarez having the notoriety of being the deadliest city in the world today uh, with over 3,100 people murdered uh, in that city of uh, about a million last year. Um, And El Paso having the distinction of being the safest U.S. city last year with five murders. And those cities combined form the largest international metroplex in the world. $70 billion or 20% of all U.S.-Mexico trade passes through our ports of entry. There are 7 million border crossings every year between the two cities. And the plaza in Ciudad Juarez uh, that is now under dispute between the Sinaloan and the Juarez cartel is perhaps one of the most valuable drug plazas along the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, through which uh, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars in illegal drugs from marijuana to methamphetamines and cocaine pass uh, every year. So in El Paso Juarez, we have a unique perspective and, and I think uh, live the front lines of the drug war. You stress the, the cultural linkages uh, between these two cities, which are essentially the same uh, metropolitan area. Um, and in dealing with uh, the problems that are being created by the war on drugs, uh, what was El Paso's response? What was the city response? Well, first and foremost, there was a, uh, a a response on the most basic human level that people in your community were being slaughtered uh, by the hundreds, uh, and we felt very powerless to do anything about it. Um, you, you also had to look at what was at stake economically in terms of the entire foundation of El Paso's economy is essentially Ciudad Juarez and the trade that passes between uh, the two cities and the uh, huge maquila sector in, in Juarez. And taking that into consideration, the City Council of El Paso uh, passed a resolution in January of 2009 um, asking for alternate policies to be considered in the prosecution of the drug war, including a discussion about ending the war on drugs. And while it passed the city council unanimously, uh, eight to zero, it was later vetoed, and that veto was upheld uh, after the congressman for the area pressured um, the city council members that if they were to continue with this resolution and had the courage of their convictions, federal funding would be withheld uh, from what is one of the poorest cities in the, in the United States. Um, and that is how the conversation started and ended uh, on the war on drugs in 2009. But obviously, the situation got much, much worse in Ciudad Juarez uh, following that. This was over a, a conversation, a talk. It seems like a, a very uh, emperor-has-no-clothes moment uh, for for El Paso. It, it was. And I was surprised by how many people, uh, regardless of age, uh, background, 
status wealth uh, approached me and uh, were excited that someone was talking about the issue frankly, and even if they disagreed with some of the conclusions that we were coming to, um, felt that it was important that uh, it be pointed out that the war on drugs was not working, that uh, it was at a very obvious level, people were dying by the uh, now thousands uh, in our community, and uh, you, there's no way to look at that and think that it's a success or that you're winning uh, or that it's something that you should continue doing. Um, so um, that conversation has continued in, in our community and obviously at large in the United States to the point where today uh, almost or, or, or at 50% of the U.S. public believes that uh, marijuana should be uh, made legal. And, you know, it, this question gets asked uh, in, in every major conflict the, the U.S. fights, you know, who, who wants to be the last person to die in, in a war uh, that you're not going to win? And so if it is apparent that this country is moving towards the end of prohibition. And as we heard uh, from your in interview with Vicente Fox, there, there seems to be a groundswell of support for that in Mexico. Why should anyone else continue to die in Ciudad Juarez uh, in a war that we're not going to win, that will be over at some point, uh, and why shouldn't that point be now? And, and those are the kinds of, of issues we're trying to push, uh, at least I am, uh, out of El Paso and, and trying to bring the perspective of, of the border to bear on it. How do you respond to uh, President Obama's, I guess, attempt to deal with the political problem of states having approved some sort of stepping down of, of marijuana prohibition and uh, the federal agencies that have gone ahead and gone back on what the president has said. And somehow he's responsible for that. So uh, he's probably knew about it and has known about it. How do you respond to that, that, uh, that uh, sort of apparent duplicity on the part of the president? Right. It's it's just deeply disappointing, um, and there appears to be no distinction between you know Bush era policies and Obama era policies. Um, but but to be clear, what's needed is not a stepping down or a decriminalization or a uh, making marijuana medicine in um, a dozen or more states. Uh, what is what is really necessary is ending the prohibition on mar marijuana throughout um, the United States and throughout the entire production cycle uh, and distribution cycle of that drug so that there are no outsized black market profits that drive the kind of killing and terrorism that we see in Ciudad Juarez. Um, and I think what President Obama needs and what the U.S. Congress needs uh, is uh, a window into the political viability of, of this idea, which hopefully the Gallup poll uh, helped with, hopefully conferences like this conference that Cato is hosting uh, help with, but that um, I think the American people will, re will respond to a president and to a Congress that ends the 40 years of pandering to the emotional, sensational side of the drug war and talks about it instead in a very rational way and points out that we spent a trillion dollars on this problem and have only uh, made drugs uh, more available, more potent, uh, killed 
thousands, tens of thousands of people in the prosecution of this war, imprisoned hundreds of thousands of fellow Americans, uh, and to, to what end? Um, and, and I think those stark facts placed on the table in front of the American people, most people will draw the conclusion that there's got to be a better way, that there's got to be an alternative policy. And if the president hears and understands that, if the U.S. Congress does, then I think you start to see a change in policy. And as one of the speakers pointed out today, unfortunately, political leadership lags behind the uh, change in consensus in the population at large. We just hope that, that that difference can be bridged very, very quickly because literally lives in the community I live in uh, depend on that. What do you tell people, just to clarify, what do you tell people who say, ah, legalization seems a bridge too far, uh, I could get behind something like decriminalization for small possession, but you're talking about legalization through the entire process from production to consumption. Right. Uh, what do you tell those people who are like, uh, I, I prefer the half measure, to be honest? Right. Yeah. Wh why make it legal for the freshman at Georgetown to get high while the 15-year-old in Juarez who's trying to get him the drugs is still in the black market and is open season for cartel assassins and will have a very light, short lifespan. Uh, you know, you, you've, you've got to think of everyone along the entire length of that supply chain, uh, including um, the kids in Ciudad Juarez or who are the, the population I care most about. And these half measures, these these efforts to decriminalize or medicinalize really do nothing to solve the most basic problems that are plaguing um, parts of the world like what is like uh, the the US Mexico border uh, and so so I think a full end of prohibition much like uh, we made a national decision to fully end the prohibition on alcohol uh, in the last century that kind of dramatic step has to be taken with its attendant ills and problems and complications, but none of those uh, are as bad as what we've got today. Uh, again, Ciudad Juarez, almost 10,000 people murdered. Mexico, close to 50,000. U.S. has spent a trillion dollars on this problem. And the easiest place to buy marijuana today is in a U.S. high school or middle school. So if, if that is not failure, I don't know what is. And we need to find a much better policy. And ending prohibition uh, is what I like to think of as the least bad of a number of terrible solutions before us. Beto O'Rourke is a former member of the El Paso City Council in Texas. You can watch his comments given at the Cato Institute's Ending the War on Drugs conference at our website, cato.org.